Hey, good morning, church. This, let me just tell you, this may be one of my very favorite Sundays so far uh, since I've been here. I'm really thankful uh, to everyone who uh, has participated, to Stacy who did a lot of work to organize this, and to every child and student teen who has been brave to be up here leading us in different ways. Can we give them a hand real quick? Yep. So this week, we're, go- we're going to have a conversation with two of our members of the youth group, uh, Betty and Harrison, they'll introduce themselves in a moment, who have, have been here for a while. And I hope that you will listen to what they have to say, because I think it will be encourage- an encouragement uh, to you as well. So let's start with you, Betty. Would you just introduce yourself, tell us name, family, how long you've been here? My name is Betty Barbie. I'm with the Barbie family, and I've been here since I was born. And I'm a senior at Townview High School. Great. Harrison? Uh, my name is Harrison Bradford. Uh, I have two great parents, Stephen and Katrina Bradford. Um, I also have an amazing brother, Charlton Bradford, who did the communion today, and I'm very proud of him for that. Um, I've been here since I was born. My parents have been here even longer than that, and um, I'm a senior at Highland Park High School. Excellent. Well, we'll start with you on this one, Harrison. Can you talk about just over your time here some ways you have seen God at work in your life? Well, um, I remember distinctly the first time that I really kind of found Jesus was on a calm, clear summer night at Canacuck K-1 summer camp. And I remember the sermon was about, like, nature and the natural aspects of things and how God is with you even when you don't really necessarily think he is. And uh, ever since then, every time I've gotten to go out to the country and slow down or be in nature and experience that, I always remember my first time hearing the gospel and ringing the bell at summer camp that I um, believed and confessed that Jesus was my Lord. Um, Since then, I've been involved in many organizations like Young Life um, with an amazing Young Life leader, Jared Krejci, um, and he has really shown me what it means to um, find God and preach that at Highland Park um, in ways I didn't think were possible. Thank you. What about you, Betty? Well, there are a lot of ways, but one of the most important ways to me is the Pine Springs Summer Camp that this church offers. Um... It's just a great way to feel God's presence and his spirit there through the quiet, peaceful environment. And it really just stands as a reminder that God wants us to feel his presence like that in daily life. You are both part of Gen Z, right? I've reminded the church, when you think of millennials, like I'm one of the oldest millennials, right? So we're not the kids in the workplace anymore, but you are Gen Z. This is most of our youth group. So why don't you tell us, uh, Betty, we'll start with you. Maybe what do you wish people knew about Gen Z, and how can the church serve your generation? Well, there are a lot of reservations about our generation, some of them being that we're just disconnected from life or always on our phone. But something that older generations don't know about us is that there's so much pressure on us today, whether it's academic or family-related, that it's just a way to escape all that and find somewhere else. And some of the ways that the church can help us with that is just a Bible study group or just inviting us to things like Fall Fest or the block party, making us feel more invited. And one of those changes that I've already seen incorporated into today is the youth group at home where members or elders of the church and open their home to us and they just share their testimony and we have a good time. And just, I just want to clarify, you like it when older members of the church talk to you and interact with you. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Sometimes we're not sure of that, but I want to be clear about that. Uh, Harrison, what about you? Um, f- um, 
like Betty said, like we know like there are certain stigmas of Gen Z, like we're disconnected or we're kind of like out of the loop or we're always on our phone, whatever it may be. Um, for me, it's just about trying to like slow down, like I mentioned earlier. And I feel like Andrew um, Graves with the different youth group events and past youth group minister, Rhett Ritchie, um, he and Andrew really have incorporated ways for um, kids like me to connect with each other and find new ways to connect with ourselves in um, God's word. Think about this multi-generational interaction and the meaning, the meaning it, it has in your lives. Could you, uh, Harrison, tell me who are some people who are not in your family uh, in this church who have been influential in your faith journey? Um, well, as many of y'all may know, I'm a part of the HP basketball team. Um, and as many of you may know, there are several people behind the scenes um, that um, help the church work. Um, what you may not know is that Blaine Armstrong uh, is here today, and he let me in the gym every day in the summer so I could get my 16,000 three-pointers in over the course of the year and submit those to my coach. Um, and he always had something very nice to say, and I'm very thankful to that uh, and for him. And um, a few more are Miss Patty and her husband Pete um, for their kind words every morning um, before um, the church, and the McKee family for their kind words and their cards on my birthday, and the Wheelers for um, some of the same. And I'd finally want to thank Mr. and Miss um, Mike and Marla Boone for um, not only introducing me in, um, to Boone um, at Bonfield and helping me um, connect with him, but also for more of the same kind words and um, thoughtful things um, that they've said to me over the years. Is it fair to say that encouragement from other generations means a lot? Yes, sir. Yeah, I think so. What about you, Betty? There have been many, but two of the most outstanding ones at the church are Farlin Clark and Sean Brentham. Um, just growing up with them as leaders just really enlightened God. They really represent God in an enlightened way, as I just said. And they just support this community so much. And another one I'd like to point out in my more recent years, um, McKenna Graves. She's been so inspiring and hardworking, and she just really represents the Christian that I want to be. Um, I, I love hearing those stories. I, I love hearing about all of you who encourage different generations. I have my own stories of people from different generations who encouraged me uh, as I was younger. I, I want to really urge you to take the cards on your pew seriously today, or you may have a different way you want to get in touch. I still have cards written to me when I was a child from other uh, people at the church where I was growing up. Th I still have those. I know exactly where they are. And so you may think a two-sentence note doesn't mean a lot, but I'm telling you, when people have been brave and vulnerable up front, it means a lot to hear from other members of the church. So I really do hope that you'll do that. Uh, maybe one last question for you. Uh, we'll start with you, Betty. What are some key memories of your time at, at Preston Road? My favorite memories are just the all-out church retreat and LTC. They just really leave me with bonding memories of the church and unity with their faith. Um, I have a few memories. A couple of them go all the way back to Vacation Bible School and um, the several block parties and all the climbing walls and all the fun festivities and the, the fall festival and all of that. Um, and I also have one distinct memory, and it was one Sunday morning when Miss Fitch came up to me and she was like, hey, we're doing this thing um, in our group, um, in the adult group, um, 
called a prayer buddy, and I would like to be your prayer buddy, Harrison. And um, I remember re- more recently, um, Ms. Fitch came up to me, and she was like, hey, Harrison, I'm still praying on you. Is there anything I can pray for you for? And I go, Ms. Fitch, you could pray that I get accepted to Texas A&M. <laughs> and the next Wednesday, after she had had this conversation with me, I received this letter from Texas A&M saying that I've been accepted. And the next Sunday, I go to Ms. Fitch, and I say, hey, it works. Your, your prayer works. <laughs> so thank you, Ms. Fitch. And uh, yes, a lot of great memories at this church. That's a, that's a great story. Hey, I want to I wanna say a prayer for both of you and for our next-gen ministry, and then I'll let you have a seat, and I'll close us out. Uh, Father, I'm thankful for the, the students, the teens, the children who were up front today. I'm thankful for their bravery, for their vulnerability. I'm thankful for all the people who've worked with them this week to prepare And I uh, just hope that you will use this morning as an encouragement to this whole congregation, that this this local church was here before us, and if you will it, Father, it will be here many generations after us. And so would you use all the generations uh, who are gathered today to build up your church and ensure its future. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, y'all. Let's give them a hand. You can have a seat. I'm really grateful for this morning. I'm grateful for all of you who showed up to encourage the parents who uh, were here to help. It was neat watching uh, the Hartzels up here uh, doing communion because that really represents generation three and four of a family who have, who have been here at Preston Road. There are many generations uh, who have been here before us and, Lord willing, many generations after us. But the question I want to ask us is, what are we doing to build up and encourage our next generation? There's a study by the uh, Chronicle of Evidence-Based Mentoring, and their study found that 40% of Gen Z feel they have no one to talk to, no one who really knows them well. That really makes me sad. But what they found is that as the number of mentors increased, you can see on this chart, the more mentors they had, the fewer of them said that they felt lonely. So as they had two mentors, three mentors... What I'm wanting you to see is that you, who are not part of the next-gen ministry, you matter, and you are important, and you can play a pivotal role. We know even specifically in church research that each child really needs five adults who are not part of his or her family to be in their lives. That really ensures their, that their faith has a staying power even as they graduate and move to college or whatever is after high school as they move into young adulthood. Knowing other adults keeps them grounded, keeps them encouraged. You can do this, right? You have a role to play. So I just want you to take away from today this one thing, that multi-generational interaction really does matter. I know sometimes different generations might think they don't want to hear from me. They think I'm old and out of touch. I'm not cool. I can't, I don't do TikTok. I don't know how to talk to Gen Z. What I want you to know is that you don't have to have any of those things. What they want is your presence and your encouragement. You heard them say it today. Notes that you write, things that you say before and after the worship assembly can have a decades-long impact 
on these members of our next-gen ministry. So this is my challenge to all of us as a church. What are we doing to pour into this ministry? It can't be just this thing that exists over there. And oh yeah, we know that Stacy and the youth ministers are taking care of that part. That's not how it works. I'm very grateful for the work that they do. But it takes work from all of us. And it's not hard. It doesn't take a lot of thought and energy. It's encouragement. It's attention. It's asking them how they're doing, how school's going, how their plans are progressing, praying for them. We can do this, church. And when we do this, we remind the next generation that there are previous generations who are here, who are praying for them and supporting them so that when they need us, we're there. I want to close us with a scripture reading from Psalm 145, similar to one that you heard last week. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness And joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Just notice the connection there. This generation says this, and I do the same thing. We mimic the generations before us. And because of all of the telling and showing and singing that happened in those verses, the psalmist here comes to the conclusion that great introduction of God that we did a sermon series about, that the Lord is gracious and compassionate. So by your telling these things, by your showing these things, then future generations come to these incredibly important conclusions that God is, in fact, who he said he was. And so, church, may each of us do our part in mentoring and telling the story and encouraging these emerging generations so that all these kids and teens that we saw this morning, the church of today, will continue to grow into the leaders of tomorrow. And you never know. One day they might be sitting for a video interview and talk about the times they were climbing up and down stairs and hanging off balconies and getting in a little bit of trouble. And one day, they might be sitting for a video interview, and they might talk about you as someone who is incredibly important in their faith journey. May we all take this work seriously, and may God bless all the generations of the Preston Road Church of Christ. Let's stand and sing.